0: Hello, hi, hey everyone, it's uh, Salman Gracia. you're listening to the X Expat Brad Podcast, and welcome. If you're a repeat audience member, then welcome back. If you're listening for the first time, good luck, and hope you waste your time listening to the full podcast, because why not? You're probably driving somewhere. Hold on, don't, don't cut me off right now. Uh, you can always switch back to your favorite podcast and listen to them later. But if you're listening today and you want to have an adventure while you're driving in your car, then let's do that, man. Let's do that instead of doing the same thing over and over again, listening to the same people over and over again, because that's the mantra of improvisation. This episode is largely dedicated to Keith Johnson. Uh, For those of you who are not part of the small improv world, uh, then you have no idea probably or may have only heard the name of this person in passing. Um, but for the, anyone who is in the world of improv, he was one of the key founders of this uh, format. And he's produced shows, um, created shows per se. And a lot of the exercises and work that we do in it are, uh, you know, that go back to him. And so... March 11, 2023, this man at 90 years of age has passed away. And uh, it uh, on my timeline, on my social media, on Instagram and Facebook, I can see a lot of people dedicating posts to him and whatnot. Um, I didn't because I felt I'd be slightly lying or cheating. And only because I, I didn't get to meet him in person. And that's my first story about Keith. My story about Keith is that I missed out on seeing him. The Courtyard Playhouse, uh, Kemsley, uh, the owner, decided he was going to be extra generous and take all of us over to the UK to take part in the workshop led by Keith. One of the last few ones he was doing, you know, he was getting old, he was doing far fewer classes, and this is about... Five, six years ago, where uh, we all went, yes, let's do it. Um, four or five of the people from the courtyard were planning to go. And lo and behold, I didn't get my visa for the UK. And so so I missed out on really meeting him face to face, having that chance to uh, speak to him. And it hurt. It, it, it did hurt a lot. I I thought, well, that's, um, that's going to be my experience of Keith. I did get, Kem's, and I owe uh, uh this, he got me back a signed book by Keith, and it has, <laughs> I don't have it in front of me, but what he wrote uh, was very sweet. He said, sorry about the British, something along the lines about not getting your visa, and love, Keith. And um, in that indirect form, uh, he communicated uh, personally to me, and I may not have ever spoken to him, but I read his book, and... Uh, his books and his work and I'm inspired by it. So, you know, he, he does mean something to me. I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to honor it through the podcast instead. And it, it's cool. Cause um, I, I was also lucky that I, I've had time with Patty styles and Sean McKinley um, who were both sort of like the first people around Keith when he was developing the work in the eighties and whatnot and so they've had firsthand experience of the growth of the work and really being, uh, really spent a lot of time with him. And to hear uh, Keats' work through them and what the exercises meant helped me to connect in some way to him and to his work and, and inspire it in my own teachings to people as they come along. I try to honor it. I don't know if I get it right because, like I said, I didn't get a chance to be with him to really experience some of the stuff. All I have are his words and video clips and books. And, and the messages sent across from his disciples, I suppose, which is kind of, you know, <laughs> it starts sounding like a cult or a religion at some point. But Sean particularly had a big impact on me. Uh, he, he continues to do so. And, and I have a lot of love for this guy. If you ever catch him performing or teaching somewhere where you are, Sean Kinley, then then drop everything you have and, and go meet the guy. He's uh, he, He's refreshing in his own ways. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know anything about Keith, and if you're still stuck around and not bored by what was I talking about, um, I would encourage you to read upon his work and stuff, and um, uh, particularly because his work, the improv work, apart from the theater and the comedy side of it, it really applies to everyday life and to the growth of people. And I get these people who come in, and there's a common thing about amongst grown-ups, adults we're stuck, we want control, we fear um, the unknown, we we don't want to do anything that risks our reputation and name and and even on a small scale and and to break that, to try to encourage people to to change um, or to just live life a bit better and more openly and freely and enjoy it, Um, it's a lot of hard work and I struggle sometimes and I fail a lot of times in getting people to that. And I, and I blame myself totally for it uh, as the instructor in the workshop that I've not been able to get people to that point. But if you do, if you stick with it, it it's such a massive difference in how you come across at life, regardless of work, family, whatever situation. And a lot of the improv improvisational work boils down to me to two very simple ideas. One being about being spontaneous, what makes you spontaneous. So everything is built on how do we pe- change people to just being spontaneous and playful. And it really comes down to this thing that I that nothing that works today may work tomorrow. It's, uh, it's an easy idea, but loads of people cannot live it. Or when push comes to shove, we want to go back into the known, sure, guaranteed something that worked to get us through. And time and again, in businesses, in life, and in this ever-changing world, we realize those who do, who, you know, glue their feet into one place, are often the ones left behind. And you've heard enough stories for me not to have to repeat about uh, big companies like the Blockbuster, IBM, who at certain points were almost blown away because they, you know, they didn't see, they didn't want to adapt and um, or do things differently. And, and so... Uh, you know, that simple idea is one of the cornerstones for me about improv, being spontaneous in this. And the other thing that really hit home with me always was was Keith um, and Sean, through, through Sean at least, uh, learning to be average. You know, it's a mantra uh, that I kept hearing and it took me so long to really, and I still fail at it sometimes, is to really try it. And what does it mean? You know, it's the idea to stop trying to be better than you are, or be the best. Uh, try your best, and, uh, and and it sounds like why wouldn't you? But it's it's kind of paradoxical. Like trying hard or too hard to be better makes things worse sometimes. Especially, and I see this over and over with people on stage. And you sometimes just go, hey, just calm down, take it easy. Don't take it so seriously. Whatever level you are, you're at that level right now. And yes, you can do to get better, uh, develop yourself, and you'll grow uh, as a person, as a performer, whatever it is that you're doing. But in this moment, enjoy it. And I think it it, it hit me because at some point, right, this is kind of funny, I approached my... Education like that at some point, because I used to worry a lot about the grades and stuff. And then I hit this point where I was like, hey, man, I'm going to get to an exam, uh, a test, and I'm only going to get as good. Either I can try cheating to make myself um, get better results, or I accept that this is how hard I worked and these were the results from it. And it was a very different thing back in my time because most people were so stressed about grades. But over time, that one simple thing helped me. Get better in in my studies and in, in and in college, particularly. You know, I I was a straight A student at one point, and it was it was this little philosophy that hit me. And then when I came to the improv world, this again, um, I think this solidified the idea or put it in a bigger context of just be average, don't worry about being great. You know, and I think Keith shares in one of his books about sports performers often being breaking records or something on the day they weren't feeling their best or were just kind of you know just not completely in full competitive mode because they were probably relaxed and just ended up performing really well and those kind of stories um, make me think yeah you know and then I see people and I try to get this message across to them and they don't get it and they come on stage and they want to like be the funniest person and I'm like, but you've never done comedy. How will you turn into the funniest person in the world overnight? Just come out and play. You know, just come out and have fun instead. And uh and we can't. We can't. We're so stuck. So so you know, this this is a world of improv I've been introduced to. I've been teaching, performing in it, and I love it. And uh and, and like I said, well Keith's gone now and I feel like um it's a nice time to step up and declare yourself the god... Myself, obviously the godfather of improv. Um, <laughs> no, just, I'm messing with you. Um, if you want to make your life better, do a, take an improv class. And maybe you'll find a class that's sucky. Go find another one. Eventually, you'll find a good class. And uh, that will set you on a path of a great life. and uh, And I guarantee it will over time... Uh, become part of your DNA and that will help you uh, have such a more wonderful, fun life and and maybe more success as well. Yeah? Uh, If that's what you are looking for. Um, Aren't we all at some point? But then be average. Aha! See? That's how I caught you out. Um, That's Keith. That's his work. Um, Theater Sports is a format that he created that I first did and I loved. And then there's a show called The Maestro, and it's a fun format where you get these actors up on stage, uh, improvisers, and the audience knocks them off one by one based on the work they do. And it's quite fun. is engaging. It's almost like a wrestling match in some ways, you know, theater sports and maestro, and Keith invented that. And at the Courtyard Playhouse in Dubai, uh, this show has been going on for 10-plus years. Maestro, packed every Wednesday night, just packed. And it's... Um, it's unique and, and, and crazy uh, to have that kind of success with a show, uh, particularly one that is improvised every <laughs> week, you know, with change, the cast changing over time and stuff. It's probably the closest thing to like Saturday Night Live in the Middle East uh, in some ways, I guess, because you're watching skid after skid performed week after week by um, some core casts, most changing some new some bad the risk of the show having lots of bad work in there as well and uh and yeah so it does sound a lot like snl very could be about uh, a lot of the stuff going on currently or just about nonsense or maybe something meaningful and no one really knows how it's going to go down and uh and, and that's the beauty of it you know um i've been performing it fairly well uh regularly uh during these last 10 years wow okay every time i say it out loud i'm like damn uh and i've enjoyed every bit of it and it's uh again you know i've, I've learned so much through the show through the work we do on it and it just just makes you uh, a different person and helped me grow a lot so yeah if you're in dubai and you still haven't come down go for it it's not a sales pitch it really you know you'll capture keith's work um through it quite a bit as well, and uh, and we, you know, it's such a humane human thing to do to experience live shows, uh, and improv is such a big capture of it. Anyway, that's uh, that's my story and my relationship with Keith, and his work. And uh, I wish I had more personal stories of hanging out and stuff. And I think, well, you know, uh, now is I had I had great opportunities in different ways. And I'm still lucky to be exposed to him. And if you're listening to my podcast and a regular person, pick up his book. It's quite interesting. It's uh, Impro for storytellers in particular. Um, He's got two, three out there. And then obviously his plays, he was an author as well. So, you know, pick it up and and see what's on there. It's it's great insights into life and whatnot. Having said that, I don't want to bore you completely about just Keith in this episode. Uh, There are some other things going on. There was the Chris Rock. Uh, stand up special. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's really good. I thought it was um one of his best ones in some ways. Although you know every special has been well special, and Chris Rock has his distinctive style, and he's uh he continues to be funny. Um, possibly maybe not the funniest one ever that he's done. The the first part is very is just hilarious, and then in the middle, I think the middle is uh good uh but not hilariously funny if that makes sense and then the last 10 minutes guys it is <laughs> it is him ranting about the Will Smith stuff and i loved it i loved it i think he got back at will smith in such a fun way um not just about the joking just being brutally honest about it and also timing it just right i don't know if he did this deliberately but it's been a year and finally will must have been planning to come back and let the story die but the special coming out now and chris ross chris rock talking about it um definitely has put that whole thing up in people's minds again and will impact any kind of comeback will smith was targeting um and that's great how how sweet of a revenge is that right it's uh it's a great way to get back at the person to prolong <laughs> their pain now and and cause a loss to him, but uh, he deserved it, like Chris Rock says in the show. And I I, I thought I really thought it was good. Um, the other thing I've watched is uh is you. Uh, you know the second part of you has come out, and Sarah and I are trying to watch it. We're still not through it. We're like on episode seven midway, and um it's not the best you season yet. Maybe the break has affected my perception of it and which just goes back to I've been against it. I feel like Netflix is doing the stupid thing of releasing half of it here, half of it later. It doesn't make any sense. Just go with what your strength was. Just release it. I loved you and maybe this flow is affecting it. I don't know. But it also has not been the biggest one because it's very different. Uh, it kind of... The break-off was too big. I don't know. It's uh, It's not bad. Like, You is still a great series and I love the character... Um, but just this season, it's not it's not been killer. Maybe by the end of it, I'll love it, and I'll give you guys my full review. Um, I'm also just watching The Hunters right now, which has a season two, but I've only, I'm only almost done with season one. If you don't know it, it's uh, Al Pacino, and I don't know any of the other cast in that, but it's a good cast. And the show is about these guys hunting down Nazis who moved into this U- U.S. And uh, I'm not a big fan of watching movies set in World War II, but this one really made me feel bad for what, you know, what happened under Hitler for the Jewish community, and uh, obviously there are loads of movies and stuff that cover that, but there was something about the way it was done in this that it, it wasn't preachy, and yet at the same time, I was like, man, that is just terrible. And the stories hit you a little harder. And it's given to you in bits and bobs through the series. But it is set in the 1970s U.S., so not modern America. Um, and the story is interesting. It's a fast-paced series and has a lot of interesting characters in it. So, you know, uh, just, an, just a season I would um, I would recommend watching. It's 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 been great so far. Uh, and Al Pacino, man. Al Pacino, I love the guy, uh God, what else has been going on? people? There's so much going on um zayan is uh is good he's going to school now we're oh man, we're toilet training him. yes, that's what's going on in my life. We're trying to toilet train him, and he's been very good about it, but wow, it takes time with some kids and um. Uh, if you have any tips and techniques, please let me know. Uh it it, it being a few, you know, there's a lot of cleanups we've had to do. Luckily, it's been mostly in the balcony because he's like, I prefer, um, I prefer making a mess there, <laughs> and it's been cute. Um, but that's what's been going on. That's been keeping me super busy with our nanny and the house and everything um it does uh there was something about it that that hit me not about the toilet training with with zayan in particular i i recently met someone and uh you know i they were like trying to get his attention so i mentioned listen you know he he's on the spectrum on autism so don't worry about like and i said it from a point of view so they're not frustrated or disappointed just explain his story to them and they got all worried and they're like you don't have to tell people he's autistic just treat him normal And uh, why would you tell him and just treat him? He's fine. Look at him. He's fine. And I'm like, hey, I'm not the one (laughs) perceiving this as some kind of mental illness or disease or something wrong with him. He's just different in in a way. Uh, But I found it interesting that there's this lack of knowledge about it. And so I don't know. I think uh, I think people need to read up more on it because it's uh, (laughs) anyway. It was a weird one for me to try to deal with. I, I didn't get offended. I felt bad they didn't understand <laughs> and they thought I'm a bad father because I'm just going wrong in their heads saying oh my kid's not great like just uh, yeah treat him like a dumbass and uh, <laughs> so, so that was my weird moment of the week I guess and uh just goes to show I do want to educate people more a little bit about autism I'm not super educated about it myself still trying to put my head around it um but Zane's been great in some ways and uh, like fun and I've had I had a great time with him. That's what I try to get people to understand. He's a great kid. He's fun and and you don't need to worry about that shit, man. What am I going on about? Um oh god, this is a lot. I've been doing a lot of stand up as I keep saying, but lately uh I've had some close friends, uh, comedy friends and family, uh, almost like family. They are family who've been kicking my behind a bit, uh, which, you know, when you're older, you just like, Hey, do I should, should people be doing that to me at this age? But I'm glad they are because, uh, it's put a few things into perspective. Uh, just, you know, just gives you that little kick to go, Hey, work harder or sort yourself out. It's not just work hard. Um, Get yourself aligned, and I and I and it's really turned my comedy. I've been talking about it in the last couple of episodes. I've had a chance to perform alongside some, you know, good names and great performers, experienced performers, um, and that's great. Oh, by the way, before I forget, uh, the Courtyard Playhouse is celebrating a ten-year anniversary in the last week of March. If you're Dubai-based again, like or or coming down to Dubai during that time, then check it out. are shows every night. Uh, they're they're like these performers coming from abroad that are awesome and you don't want to miss them performing live here so grab at least one show if you are and experience great improv because they'll they're really wonderful to watch they every time i watch one of these guys felipe uh, who's colombian and he's just such a great performer that every time I watch him, I learn something from him. And uh, I had someone telling me, hey, you know, when you guys are on stage, it's really great to watch. And I was just thinking, honestly, it's him. And he just makes it so easy on you and makes you, inspires you so much that you end up doing great work. Uh, and and so <laughs> but I'll take the credit. Who cares, right? I'll make it sound like I'm uh, I'm doing great. Great work, myself. Oh no, I've revealed it on the podcast. God damn it! <laughs> so that's that's my world, people. That's what's happening: it's TV shows, work, and saying goodbye to people who uh, played a big role in my development or had a big impact on my life. Um, just to wrap this episode up, I want to you know f- want to say one more time: uh, look up Keith Johnson's work. He's he was a pioneer. And uh, Keith, wherever you are, you know, he used to run the Loose Moose Theater. Wherever you are now, uh, may you be in peace and having fun and continue to inspire uh, millions of people. He will, uh, you know, through his work, uh, will continue to do so. So it's great. Goodbye, Keith. And thank you guys for listening. That's it from my side. Goodbye. Or as a dog would say, woof.